It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. What is good in the neighborhood? It is me, David Radigan, owner of Fit Food Florida, operating engineer, and host of the podcast, World Through My Eyes, part of the Reality Check Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter, at DK Radigan. Also, when you're listening to my show, do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks very much. Hope you're listening. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Room Under the Stairs, where we discuss things paranormal and things that will make your hair hair stand on end that are based on reality. You know, sometimes, folks, we like to talk about ghosts and spirits and hauntings on this show, but we also like to talk about other things where fact can be much stranger or even scarier than fiction, and we did that in our last show with AI. And we're going to do that again in this episode, and we're going to talk about the dehumanization of society. Is our human beings becoming stripped of the things that make us human, you know, that make us compassionate, that make us decent in this world? So, Stan, 
my uh, wonderful co-host, what do you uh, think about all this? I couldn't agree more, Paul, and uh, welcome to everybody, uh, you know, to the people under the stairs, just first and foremost. And uh, as Paul said, I really hope that uh, you're going to like our episode on AI. And uh, this is a natural one that, that leads into it on another thing that uh, on other things that we seem to be doing on a day by day basis mm-hmm. that that seemed to be uh, to me as a psychologist and a 69 year old uh, uh, person in, in society uh, saying, you know, you're taking away uh, or we're taking away or modifying all the things or so many of the things I should say that make us human that are very uh, good and important for us. I know my late daughter was an anthropologist and she'd always remind me that the body and the brain that you and I walk around with is the same body and brain that human beings had 40, 50, 60, 70,000 years ago and more. Mm -hmm. And in the matter of just um, a few decades, we are altering the way we're functioning as human beings. And I don't think it's for the better. Uh, in many ways. No, they, they do seem little by little by the way they, they teach the young people to act. Uh, even the older people, you know, we just don't connect the way that we used to in society. And there's also, you know, something I wanted to read in the last episode about AI. Uh, some of these things are, are very... Um, I guess, experimental, you know, or uh, technological when it comes to taking away our humanity. There was an article I was going to read the last time, but it really fits into this episode as well. And I'll just read you the title, which is the end of school AI Google brain implants to replace education and supercharge our IQ. And this article goes on to say that, you know, they're looking to put an implant in our brain that we won't really even have to go to school anymore. Just, you know, this thing in our brain will download the information that we want or that we need. So everybody can be a genius. Everybody can be uh, super smart, you know, and, and, and that in and of itself is one of the ways that they're just making us not human anymore through, through technology. You know, that's a crazy example, and I don't mean crazy in a bad way. And if people think that's far-fetched, I can remember, uh, you know, in graduate school having to do complex mathematical equations for correlation coefficients and all kinds of things for statistics to become a psychologist. And it was a big deal if they let you use a slide rule. Mm. You had to do all those calculations in your head. Now all you have to do is ask your – you can actually bring your cell phone – to an examination and you can, you know, ask your your onboard computer or Siri or Alexa or whoever you want to use in the program or the app that you have how to do those calculations and they'll do them instantly. Or I would have to sit uh, and other students would have to sit there and, and learn how to use the library extensively, learn how to do research, get copies of articles, read everything. Um, you know, summarize it uh, from abstracts and things like that. Now you just say, um, you know, Siri, show me an article on boom. What's the temperature of whatever? Uh, how many pounds in a ton? Whatever you can ask instantaneously, that's there. This article that Paul has read is just an extension of that. Mm-hmm. It's just a, just a, uh, making it even faster. It's like, uh, 
you know, uh, if, if, if you're my age, you can remember calculators that could add, subtract, multiply, yeah. and divide. Mine cost me $250. Yeah. So, and, and now they're like pennies. I remember when calculators first came out, uh, I was a kid, and my, my mother got my father one for Christmas because he wanted it. Sure. And, and she did. She, she paid like 200 and some odd dollars for a stupid-ass calculator. <laughs> yeah. But it was a big deal back in the day. Mm-hmm. That was amazing stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that you could, you know, that you can do that. But but that does, Paul, that does dehumanize you in the sense that um, you're just being fed information, mm-hmm. uh, you know, instantly through sources, depending upon whatever anybody's telling you is, is the truth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, you know? And now I said uh, in the last, the last podcast that there, there was a thread here that, connects all this with with AI, you know, taking over everything, dehumanizing society. Yes. And and you look at things like social media, cell phones, I mean I would say most of us are aware of how that's affecting us and what the experts are saying about it. Uh, we're, we're becoming more and more just loners. We, we don't have human interaction anymore. It's, it's all through text and social media. And I would say, it, is that by design? Now, I'm 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 the I'm the person under the stairs who always brings the um, that flair of strange to the podcast because that's where uh, uh, really my studies have taken me. And this this all started out for me just as a little background back in probably 1990 91. I, I really got interested in biblical prophecy and I, I started reading these things like you know what happens in the end what's liable and, and I read some of the, the good scholars you know on on this um, on this topic not the people that were pie in the sky like a televangelist you know the demons are coming out of the earth type of thing and they had some very interesting things to say about now we're talking back some of these books were written in the, the, the later 80s early 90s, ways in which things might unfold in our world, in our society. And they talked a lot about these globalists. Now, here's the thread. The globalist cartels, these people who consider themselves to be the elites, they've had an agenda for a very long time, you know, in in Europe, uh, the United States, to bring everything under this one umbrella where they control all of the resources and they they cut down on the population in such a way where the people like you and I or me and Stan uh, or we're just kind of the producers you know we we, we kind of work in the green fields uh, so to speak just as an analogy um, but there's not enough of us who could cause a a rebellion type of thing. And, and so they, they talked about, you know, making people less human, taking away their values. They talked about AI. They talked about artificial intelligence. Uh, all of these things that we're, we're seeing happening right now in our world. So I, I would propose in this podcast, is, is there a bigger agenda by some of these folks why we're seeing this happen? And I'm going to read some things. This is an article from the Washington Times that I'm going to read in, in, in just a little bit. 
and uh, kind of substantiate uh, some of this for the listeners out there. But what do you think about that, Stan? Do you think there could be a bigger kind of um, agenda by some people? Yeah, I'm, I'm about 10 or 15 percent of the way there with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think the, uh, the dehumanization of people is by a mass design at this, uh, by a big conspiracy theory at this point. I think it's more accidental. And then I think a portion of it is by people, uh, by, you know, big cartels or big corporations or governments that see an opportunity using um, the technology out there to, to push their agenda. And it, and it can be very dehumanizing. But I think most of it is like going back to our other show. I think some of it is accidental. And I'll give you a good ex- quick example. I was watching something the other day and it said that people's basic income over it was like a thousand years, whatever it was, it was incredible. The amount of time stayed relatively unchanged, mm-hmm. going all the way back to medieval times to right up into the 1500s, the 60s. And you're saying what? That the, the average person, the, the amount of money that they had compared to, you know, it was stayed about the same until the Industrial Revolution. You know, and then mm. boom, it went up like crazy, mm. you know, in the in the early 1800s, you know, the late 1700s, early 1800s, and of course, the 19th century. And then it just took off into the middle class that we have now and the capitalism that we had. It we just had this tremendous change, like like farming and agriculture had mm. when people were hunters and gatherers. I think the same thing has happened with technology that hit in such a way that it just just goes in leaps and bounds literally by the day that's changing and human beings most of most of them including you and I just can't keep up with it and it is altering our culture at a pace that is so far beyond us mm-hmm. that we don't even see it coming and you mentioned it, the cell phones people keeping heads down uh, uses Joe Biden issue, for example, just use that, you know, not touching people, not hugging people. My goodness gracious, I, I get all that and the political ramifications of that and the sexual things with women. And, and, I, and I wanted to add to that Joe Biden thing that, that one of the one of the things that really flipped my wig is my wife was watching CBS News. Uh, just during this past week, and they were talking about that, and they had they had the expert panel person on there. Oh talking yeah, I know to what you're going to say. people, and, and they were talking about the changes in society, the way we act, and, and, and the woman said, you know, it's the day and age where where, where we just shouldn't uh, touch people. We, we we should go around acting like everyone has a cold and keep our distance from them. This coming from an expert. You know, and if you if you don't mind, I, I really have to jump on that as a psychologist and a person who spent over four decades working with disabled people and mentally ill people, geriatric people, people in nursing homes, little tiny kids with disabilities and whatever, teaching childhood and development theory and everything and adolescent development and human development. Man, oh man, folks. Nothing could be further from the truth. My friends who were nurses and everything else, I wrote a little comment on my Facebook the other day. They said, oh, God bless you. When you go to nursing school, you learn about the therapeutic touch, the healing touch. If you're into religion, it's the laying on of hands. Mm -hmm. If you're a, a, how many of you are moms out there? 
It's that's what the La Leche League is of breastfeeding kids. That's what co-sleeping is about in different cultures. That's where that what pet therapy is about. If you bring an animal to a nursing home or you see an old person reaching out and a person touching their hand, just holding somebody's hand is a is a curative, uh, wonderful thing. Uh I'm not saying that if you feel uncomfortable, somebody breathing down your neck, turn around and say, stop it. That's always been the case. But man, Paul's point is excellent. I heard that same thing. Treat people as if they have a cold. This is my bugaboo when I'm in a store and people have forgotten how to say, excuse me, can I get through there? Uh, kids don't shake hands anymore. Mm-hmm. That's That's absurd. Those things are counter to the way that your body and mind and psyche and spirit side of you, that's what, that's what you require for, for good health. And when you're separating yourself from those things, you're becoming marginalized and dehumanized. And, and then you develop a lot of these patterns that we have. And see, this is one of those things where I say... I mean, I can get with it that there are some accidental things in our society mm-hmm. that are just taking off. But I also think, in my opinion, and, and the research I've done for many years now, some of this stuff is on purpose because you, you, you can go you can go back and do the research. And it's out there, folks, where within the first two to three presidency of the United States, we had people in our own government saying we need this globalist uh, agenda how do we how do we like you know later on you know how do we collapse our economy how do we how do we bankrupt the america you know it's it's all over the place and and this whole thing to to herd people toward this agenda again if you do some digging you you find some information how they they want to close societal or cause a societal unrest uh cause the 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 collapse of the family cause uh you know religious you know take away people's uh faith in a higher power mm-hmm. uh cause people to be more distant to be more selfish and you, and people may say no nah, i don't i don't think so but i i just want to run through this article and this is from the washington times a 2019 article by l todd wood it was actually um it's called where is the same how to destroy a society. And this, this is really based on, uh, it was Lenin who said, if you want to collapse a society, you first collapse the family. And now some of these dunderheads in government and the global cartels, um, they really subscribe to a lot of these things. You know, the, the Darwinism, survival of the fittest, get rid of the, uh, the elderly, the disabled, uh, don't give them health care. Well, look what's happening uh, across the world in America. Sometimes you got to pull teeth to get some of these poor elderly people or disabled people. It's more, ah, put them on the waiting list, L- let them die. There, 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 there's people that are younger or healthier or stronger that, that need that. Yeah, that's first. true. You know, and it's, it's very alarming. And, and, and this is the part, again, it, it sounds weird, but you got to do some digging that, that a lot of these people do follow a common philosophy. And that's why they call themselves the elites or the masters of the universe. They have this idea, some of them that or a lot of them that, that, that they're actually 
uh, going to achieve divinity. They're, they're kind of like the guardians of the earth, and it's their job. They don't look at it as doing something bad. If they're going to cut down on the population, you know, deny the elderly health care, do all these little plots and schemes to collapse society, they actually look at it as being a very good thing because it's it's beneficial to the earth, to the environment, to the, the future of mankind. And it's their idea of how to kind of build a, uh, a utopia, you know, a man-made utopia on earth or heaven on earth. And that's a real legitimate philosophy that these people have. You're also talking, Paul, as you're looking through that article, if folks don't mind me just, or if I'm not getting you off the beat here, you're pretty much describing the theory of social Darwinism. Yeah. yeah. Where it's where people view elderly, disabled people. The mm-hmm. Germans did that, you know, during World War yeah. II and other, and we did in our country too in the 1920s. Uh, with youth and, uh, you know, euthanasia mm-hmm. and, um, you know, all kinds of other things uh, and eugenics. Uh, we view people like that as being weeds. Things like uh, manifest destiny in our country, the white man's burden. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are not new things. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. genocide with American Indians, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, c- colonialization of South America and Africa and all those things like that. You know, there is uh, an element of what you're saying historically that people mm. will target things. Yeah. And even our libertarian people right now, when you start talking to them, hey, you're supposed to be able to take care of your own right. friggin' health care, not the government. And, and you talk about uh, Nazi Germany. How how funny is it that after they uh, went in and, and did away with Hitler and all that, that Instead of imprisoning some of these uh, Nazi scientists who were experimenting with all this very bizarre technology, they brought them to the United States to to, to create it for us. <laughs> and, and so a lot of that stuff was not good. It, it was to how to control society, how to control the mind, how to boost our own uh, psychic powers and paranormal experiences, very occult stuff these people were dabbling in. So... It's it's no mistake. And, and I mentioned this uh, just quickly in, in, in one of my 1159 uh, podcasts that if you look up the patent for the television, actually one of the patents on the TV very early was how to control and manipulate the consumer or the person watching it through the flicker rates on the screen. Oh, sure. That's so, the subliminal programming. Yeah. yeah. In the movies, that's outlawed. That was... So, uh, we used to go to the movie theater and then they would show you, have a, have a Coke, buy popcorn and people would start doing it. You wouldn't see the flicker with the flickering rate. So there's there's all kind of weird stuff out there sure. that, that these people, you know, do buy into. And just to look at the, the article, again, t- taking a, a page from the social Darwinism and the, uh, the, the Marxist page, uh, which many of them do. It starts out and says, if I wanted to destroy an enemy society and had a long-term focus and wanted to do in a stealthy and effective way to make the society destroy itself and the ability and the ability to defend itself, I would do the following. I'm just going to run through these quickly. If they wanted to destroy an enemy society, number one. I would destroy the religious ideals that build the country and held it together. 
Number two, I would destroy the family, the fabric of society. I would tear apart, tear apart uh, the nucleus of the family, the produce staple children, etc., etc. Number three, I would promote the concept of toxic masculinity. That's kind of interesting. Now, I don't have anything against anybody, but look how many uh, so-called experts out there right now. Everything... Uh, Anything masculine is almost a, a deadly sin. Number four, I would destroy the education system. I would plant Marxist professors throughout the university system, teach new generations nothing about American history by filling their heads full of communist propaganda. Now, there's, I think, Stan, you could agree that there's quite a bit of that going on. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, universities obviously uh, in this day and age uh, are very, um, for the most part, you know, like they were conservative years ago, are probably way more liberal. Right. Yeah. I don't know if they're, I, I wouldn't say they're communists, but they're, or, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think they have a liberal agenda. Mm-hmm. Number five, I would defy, I would divide the races. What better way? Well, what better method of dividing and conquering than to foster a race war? Number six, I would corrupt the federal government. I would fill the intelligence and security service with traitors to the nation's founders. I would take away the population's means to defend itself. Number eight, I would destroy self-reliance and ingenuity by making over half of the population dependent on the government. Number nine, I would use big tech to completely remove any viewpoints or ideas that were associated with, with the old world. Number 10, I would corrupt the nation's leadership with money. Number 11, I would promote the disrespect of the nation's symbols. I would have people kneel during the national anthem, burn the flag, tear down statues of the nation's history, etc., etc. Number 12, I would find a straw man, a country who is also a malicious adversary to America, though much less powerful. And I would focus all the negative energy and recrimination toward the straw man. And it goes on to say, uh, everything I've written above is happening right now in front of our eyes. And I'll give you a hint. It's not in Russia. Now, all these things I just read, if, if you go back and, and again, you, you do the research, you'll find that every single one of these are interlinked, uh, again, with the social Marxist and the, um, uh, the, or the uh, Marxism and the, the social Darwinism. Uh, you know, how, how to kind of control people, uh, make them do what you want. And we see a lot of our governments, a lot of our leaders, a lot of things going on in the world. I mean, I don't think any of us can hear <laughs> read these things in this article and say, oh, well, no, that's not happening because they all are. And, and all we have to do is turn on the news for five minutes and we'll we'll see every single one of the, these things covered, you know, within that time. Yeah, they, they certainly, uh, whoever wrote the article is certainly picking out a lot of the things that you see and giving it that spin uh, on, on, on things, um, you know, whether it's a conspiracy or, or not. I'm not convinced that it's a conspiracy mm -hmm. uh, kind of thing. I think that a lot of that, uh, you know, 
a, a lot of that is a byproduct of the technology. However, that being said, there's a goodly portion of that that I think that there's absolute fact uh, that those are techniques that politicians use. Those are techniques mm-hmm. that governments use, which ties into your point about uh, a, a conspiracy or an attempt, whether they're by globalists or by um, authoritarian leaders, uh, special interest groups. Excuse me. I think that's a real possibility. There's very uh, intelligence agencies like the CIA, the military. Uh, people who are political scientists, they all know how to use disinformation. Mm. They all know the art of propaganda. They all know the art of manipulation. Mm. And that's what a lot of those are. Right. Uh, and they have been used before. They were used certainly in Germany in mm. World War II and in Italy. Uh, they were used in this country uh, for Jim Crow laws. Uh, I mean, you have to keep in mind, in our country, we didn't even have a Civil Rights Act until 1965 or 1966. Mm-hmm. You, you know, people weren't even allowed to to eat at the same lunch counter as you or I in many, many states. And that's one of those divisive things. For me, though, I think a lot of the dehumanization has come from people, the middle class and the lower middle class, having to not have to work one job, but having to work two and three and more jobs in their family. Oh, sure. And there's a show that I wanted to do, and it it had to do with, like when I was redoing my house and rebuilding my house after the flood, when a guy comes in for construction, you want to say, you might say, I want to knock that wall out. And he'll say, you can't take that wall out because that's a a restraining wall. That's a weight-bearing wall. Mm -hmm. You can't take it or the house will fall. And it reminds me of Lincoln's uh, thing, you know, a house uh, divided against itself can't stand uh, or, you know, the biblical things of inheriting the wind. If you cause a plague on your house, here's the point. There's also in psychology the fact that you don't ever take a person's defenses away. Uh, The things that keep them together, their denial, their rationalization, their faith, their belief in things without replacing it with something. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the, the things that you read, they are weight bearing walls yeah. and they are defenses that human beings put together in their culture mm-hmm. to keep their culture alive. And we have people trying to, I think, knowingly and unknowingly destroying our culture. Cultures change over time, over history, mm-hmm. but sometimes they change for the better and sometimes not for the better. Right. And I think that these beliefs that you mentioned, coupled with technology, are creating some really dangerous things. Oh, we have people that are identifying. I have students who identify with autism. Or I've done workshops with people who are autistic, and they say, hey, I really, I wish I could be autistic. No, you don't. Yeah. Because, you know, you, because you don't have to experience feelings mm-hmm. or you can be dispassionate about certain things. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you look at motion pictures or look at TV, remember Star Trek, how popular it was because of Mr. Spock? Mm-hmm. He had no emotions mm-hmm. during a very violent period, you know, or, or um, you know, you'll see other kinds of characters, people walking around. They don't even know how to shake hands anymore. And it's like an invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, you know, that yeah of course. The, it's the, crazy. The pod, the pod people, they didn't have... Uh, you know, uh, emotions like we do. And, and, and that movie spurs the debate. It's, 
it's still me, but I wouldn't have all these worries and cares and emotions. It would be a very quiet society, nobody arguing, no, you know, nobody even conversing. Uh, would it be a good trade-off to not worry and stress and be healthier or, you know, uh, people fighting uh, just to get rid of the emotional uh, aspect of, of human beings? When you take away a person's belief in their country, like uh, like in our country, like people will probably think I'm a Neanderthal, what I'm saying is, but you have to substitute something with it. When you take away pledging the allegiance for kids in school, if, if, if you don't want to do the Pledge of Allegiance, what are you going to put in its place? Are you going to put like a, something, a meditation? Are you going to put together a positive statement? That's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's there to enculturate the kids that are going to school to have a belief in the system that they're living under. If you're saying that there's not going to be any prayer in a school or anything, that's fine. That's great. What are you going to substitute with that? Are you going to take a few moments a day so that somebody can think a positive thought? Or are you going to go over something that's uplifting and beneficial uh, for a person? When you're removing weight-bearing walls for your culture, Mm -hmm. uh, the authority of parents... The uh, ability to fail uh, at sports or handle things or not get a trophy, you know, whatever those kinds of things are, when you eliminate them one by one and don't replace anything with them, Mm. you're leaving people defenseless. And then they just fly by the seat of their pants Mm. and pick up all these abnormal behavior patterns that they're picking up. And then that abnormal behavior pattern becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. And I agree. And as we come to the close to this, I don't want anybody to think that, uh, you know, I think or I'm propagating it's it's all a conspiracy. Everything you see is the globalist. You know? Oh, I think that's what you're saying. Uh, no, I, no. It is. Run for no. your lives. <laughs> no, it's a very legitimate point. We're here to discuss it. They're definitely out there. And, and, and I'd like to do a, a podcast about this and have you do a little digging. You're, you're going to find a lot of trash, a lot of nonsense, a lot of modern day conspiracy just crap that clutters the landscape which is really sad or research isn't what it's used to be you you gotta you gotta go through a barrage of literal shit to get to the truth anymore but uh, i'd like you to do a little digging on it and and, and we'll come back at one point uh and talk about this because it's it's a scary thing what, what these people are doing but i think the combination of, you know, you got people with an agenda, you got the things like you said, everybody just running headlong into the future, technology, taking out supporting walls and not replacing it with anything. All these things combined are just creating a, a perfect storm to whittle down society, whittle down, uh, you know, our, our normal human inclinations. And it's, you know, at one point, I think we got to turn the ship around and just say, hey, you know, all the the money and the politics and the stuff and the technology and working the three jobs. It's, it's, it's just not worth what we're becoming. Yeah. You don't want to give up what makes you human. Mm-hmm. As that is, I don't like to feel pain. I don't like to go to the dentist and, and, and feel pain. I don't like when somebody dies and I have to feel pain or something like that, or I get sick and I feel pain or I worry about money or my health or somebody else. And get, just like you don't. But that's part of being human. Those are the things that motivate us and enable us to become people who are hardy people, who are resilient people, who know how to deal with life. Those are all facts of life, of being a human being. When we keep removing those things, 
you know, from our lives. I, I love that example Paul gave. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, pretend like everybody has a a cold? Mm. That's a delusion. That's living in a deluded world. No, you want to pretend that everybody's a human being and that they are what they are. And when you hear something like that, you know, it's sad to say, but I ask myself, is this person just completely deluded and a complete moron? Or is this somebody who's playing a part with part of the agenda? <laughs> it gets hard. It gets hard sometimes to differ, differentiate because who would say that an expert for crying out loud? That that's well, oh my God. Here's another show that we should do though, and I can tell you, he'll say that people who posture. Uh, look at all these uh, these award shows or whether it's Dancing with the Stars or, you know, the, you know, uh, the Bake Off or the, you know, something about chef. Everybody is being judged 24 hours, uh, you know, a, a day and looking for your approval. Mm-hmm. So experts don't say things for your approval. Experts say things based on the information or the observations that they have. Mm-hmm. So when people are pandering to you, no. they, they can be an expert, but that's not the expert I want. Hell no. No. So I don't know what you think, but, you know, we're about going out of time here. Any closing thoughts, Paul? No, I think I gave my closing thoughts just by saying I'm, I'm, I'm not pushing it's all uh, globalist. I, I think there's a goodly amount of that uh, going on, but uh, there's all these other things, too, that I, I think each and every one of us as an individual have to be aware of and maybe uh, be a little bit careful of, you know, start taking our humanity back. Yeah, I like that. Get out there and make friends, spend time with your family, you know, put, you know, I have a cell phone, I have a Samsung Galaxy, but there's many times a day I go upstairs out of the office, I plug all this stuff in, I leave it downstairs and that might be 10 o'clock in the morning and I don't look at it again until 9, 10 o'clock at night when I go to bed and I'll check email and everything because... To me, this just doesn't spell life with my my face buried in a you know a, a telephone or a tablet twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, we're giving up a lot if we give up our humanity, and you know, it's a, there's a wise saying: "Be careful what what you wish for; you might just get it." Mm-hmm. And for a lot of us, uh, we might just get it, and we might not even be wishing for it. I don't like it when we get it. Yeah. You know, the cake looked good, but now it tastes like crap, and I regret that I bought it. That's it. <laughs> well, listen, uh, from people under the stairs, uh, we love doing these two shows for you this week, and uh, hopefully, uh, not hopefully, we'll be doing a couple of shows each week for you, you know, based on popular demand, and uh, we hope you like them. Uh, we'd love to have some feedback for you. You know how to get in touch with us. Hit the subscribe button, and if you have any ideas for other shows, or any comments or criticism, please give them to us. And with that, I'm going to let Paul have this, uh, the last word. But I'm sending out my love and affection to all of you. And I'm, I'm happy we're all human beings on this show. Me too. And I just always say, peace out. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, like Stan said, if you have an idea for a show, something you'd like, uh, like us to talk about that you're seeing uh, in the world that's concerning to you, or if you've had your own paranormal experience, reach out and let us know. We'd love to have you uh, Skype in or phone in and and, uh, talk to us about it. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. 
Get back to your life with CBD Medic. Available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. Actual speed vary and not guaranteed. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called, Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called, Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.